Welcome to Doctors of Tomorrow 56 podcast, a medical podcast for anyone ranging from middle school students to attending physicians, and for anyone interested in learning more about the medical field from all around the world. Welcome to this very exciting episode today. We have a pair of twin brothers that both happen to be internal medicine residents. So without further ado, we introduce Dr. Jermaine and Jeremy Hockstrom. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me to further the interest of our listeners and everything. We thank you very, very much. Absolutely. No problem. At what age did you guys want to pursue medicine? Because I know you guys are twins, obviously. So it's pretty (laughs) well for me, at least. It's very interesting how both of you guys decided to become medical professionals. It's pretty mind blowing, to be honest. So I'm just curious how both of you guys decided on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to be honest, it was, gosh, growing up, we, I mean, a lot of thoughts kind of went through our mind, like anywhere from like law to like medicine to, you know, all kind of fields. And with that being said, it was, you know, I'll say more so when I got to, I'll say early, well, really like middle school going into high school that I thought more about the medicine side, just because for for me, it was, I did a lot of uh, science classes, things like that. And, and I just kind of liked the science classes in general. Um, and so with that, you know, I always just found myself gravitating more towards science and, and doing well in those classes. Not that I did bad in the other classes per se, <laughs> but I just liked the science more. And, um, um, but also growing up, we had, um, you know, seeing, there's just, uh, really witnessing firsthand uh, just the health disparities that do exist. You know, we have a lot of family that live uh, in the South, um, so a lot of underserved areas too. And growing up, we had a lot of, you know, driving our family or grandmother and things to uh, medical centers that were 30, 45 minutes, minutes away, just kind of for me highlighted at a younger age, what health, you know, the health disparities, just the, the lack of um, physicians that are out, out there, how much of a shortage that there actually is, especially in the primary care field. Um, so for me, I feel like just all the combination of all those things in general is what kind of led me, I'll say, down this path. Yeah. And growing growing up, um, I would say, you know, especially I think for me in, in middle school is where it kind of hit more. Um, during that that time, I you know, I, I was kind of interested in, in law school, maybe archi- uh, architecture, but then, you know, I kind of really found that I was really also more into, into science. Um, pretty, you know, a, a lot, I found that that was kind of my primary interest. And so I kind of wanted to find a way to use science, the, you know, the best way that I knew how, um, really just to help benefit other people and just to really help other, uh, other people. Well, that's really interesting how both of you guys are doing medicine. So thank you for sharing that. And my next question is, where did you guys go for undergrad and what was your major? Yeah, so for undergrad, we went to University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. That's we were really uh, born and raised mostly in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and so uh, yeah, we did undergrad in Chattanooga, University of Tennessee. Then we went to we did a bio major actually in biology with like a minor in chemistry, and uh, from there um, we, we graduated and went on to medical school at uh, VCOM uh, Auburn campus. They have actually several different uh, site like. Uh, uh, school sites, but ours was on the Auburn campus down in Auburn, Alabama, uh, yeah. or Eagle shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> and, so. and also, and also there, you know, if you want to, the, the long name is, is Ed, Edward via college of, uh, osteopathic uh, med, 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 medicine. So, 
um, that's kind of, um, but we call it, we call it become for a short. <laughs> so do you have any sort of interesting stories, uh, when you were in medical school, since you're both twins and everything that you, yeah, you maybe... know, actually, yeah, you know, so in medical school, um, mm -hmm. we were definitely, I would say, uh, pointed out a lot <laughs> more <laughs> so by a very in particular professor of ours, um, you know, we, we tried to sort of hide a little bit in the, in the back of, <laughs> which unfortunately the back of our class was more like it was in the back, but it was like up because it was sort of like, uh, I guess, stadium seating, a stadium, stadium seating style. And, uh, so either way we, you know, we were, he was always pointing, pointing us out. And so I remember like the first day we walked in, you know, of course you noticed and, uh, the, uh, he was from the first day, you know, we were the wonder twins, right? <laughs> so, and so literally for that whole first, second, well, really first and second year, because those are our two um, years that we do classroom work and all of that, uh, he would always call on us for questions and want us to answer his questions and, you know, always ask the wonder twins, you know? <laughs> and so there was a lot of being called on um, for questions in, in the clinic class. It kind of got to a point where I think everybody expected us to be called on at least once this one yeah, today. <laughs> That would be interesting. But it was, it was all in fun, you know. You know, you definitely enjoy those times and kind of miss it a little, a little bit, actually. Uh, not all the exams, but, you know, just the <laughs> environment, the classroom environment. <laughs> of course. So how did you guys prepare for medical school? So for medical school, we, um, you know, we prepared for the MCAT and starting off in undergrad, knowing that this is something that we really wanted to go into, we tried to really focus our, our studies toward towards that. You know, we tried to, you know, seek counseling from academic advisors that were kind of geared more towards pre-med. Um, I remember we had one prof professor in, in general. He was a bi biology and he, you know, once he found out that we were going or, or wanted to go to, to med school, he really pushed us hard and really, you know, challenged us in, in different different ways, which I still appreciate. Um, and so I just feel like kind of going through that, you know, we, we just really had to focus our, our studies, get ready for the uh, MCAT. Um, we did do a, a, a Kaplan course for that, for the MCAT. Um, and yeah, anything else you want to add? Yeah, that was pretty much it as far as, you know, our early on. Also, uh, important part is is volunteering too. You know, we did a lot of that. So we were right. in the hospital, uh, and we did a lot of. It started off as a lot of volunteering, helping around uh, the hospital. Then we actually ended up helping out doing uh, phlebotomy and working phlebotomy for about a few months, and actually got really skilled in that too. Um, yep. So you know, there's a lot that you can do to prepare because for those that are interested in going into to medical school, uh, really the biggest thing I would say is just to present a well-rounded uh, version of yourself. Be well-rounded, uh, gain experiences just in in different aspects that you can. Um, so it isn't all. It's not always about the score. Um, that is a big part of it, but that's not the only thing that they look into, into consideration. Well, that sounds like solid advice. Yep. So, yeah. what made you guys decide to pursue internal medicine? So, internal medicine, uh, you know, it's so kind of going throughout medical school. Of course, you do a lot of rotations and and uh, things like that. For me, it was just you know I always just love the challenge that internal medicine presents as far as you know you deal with a wide range of things, and so um, for me, internal medicine it requires just a lot of critical thinking and 
and you honestly never know what you're gonna gonna get yeah, to, to be honest and so you have to always be kind of sharp um but trauma medicine you get an experience in a lot of different areas you know you kind of become like i would say like a mini uh, mini expert in different fields you know you're not necessarily specialized in cardiology or in nephrology but you do uh, have to have a solid knowledge in each of those subspecialties in order to uh, assess your patient accurately and and have a, a you know solid treatment plan for them um, so kind of going throughout medical school it's you know I did pediatrics and I was like no nah, it's quite not for me you know the kids you know definitely takes a, a, a special kind of a you know pers personality and calling to want to be in, in pediatrics um, OBGYN field you know also wasn't for me surgeries wasn't for me I enjoyed I thoroughly enjoyed all of those rotations though um, actually, I really did. I think surgery, my, my surgery rotation was definitely one of my favorites, but it's just thinking long-term, you know, is this what I want to do in the long-term? What do I feel most comfortable with, most happy doing? And uh, ultimately, really, I just landed in internal med medicine. And also for the fact that I always just kind of think if, if I want to go into another field, or, you know, after internal medicine, I always have that option because it does open the doors to many, many different subspecialties for the future, too. Of course, yeah. So in your own words, because maybe some of our listeners might not know what internal medicine is, could you describe what it is? Yeah, so internal medicine um, focuses primarily on adult medicine and kind of management of kind of chronic diseases, um, as well as, you know, acute things that may come into the hospital. But the, the primary focus of internal is more of, um, on adult care. Um, when they're in mostly involving cardiology, nephrology, you know, hematology, uh, pul pulmonology, and um, anything, anything else I'm missing? Yeah, so. just, yeah, um, hematology, oncology, you know. Yeah, hematology, oncology, so yeah. And what, but it, it does not, you know, involve pediatrics. Now there is pediatric in, internal medicine, which is a little bit separate, um, but the primary bulk of it, of, it, of internal medicine is going to be uh, adult uh, care. Yeah. So if I had to sum it up, I'd say adult care, basically managing acute and chronic illnesses. Yeah. Uh, when you you're basically working with um, a lot of different subspecialties at, at the same time, uh, really just all in the best care for your patient. So basically, it covers uh, a wide set of different specialties, like you said. Yep. yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so a lot of times you have to be knowledgeable in those subspecialties to be able to, again, just be able to accurately assess your patient and be able to, um, you know, again, put together a solid uh, treatment plan uh, for, for them. And, um, and then, of course, as needed, you get different subspecialists uh, involved as, you know, the care pro progresses for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you guys are residents. So I was wondering if maybe you have some interesting cases or certain patients that really left an impression on you guys. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that, that's a very interesting question because I've, I've, I could say that I've had a, a lot of cases. Um, so I'm trying to think of one in particular that would come to mind. Mm -hmm. Actually, one case in particular was a case just this this past week and actually it was in the in, in the clinic it wasn't even in the hospital um it was a it was a, a, a lady in her 60s and um she was kind of already going through a lot this year especially with the the pandemic and um you know she was kind of she's currently you know currently having issues with her um uh 
a, a vision and she's not not sure if you know she could potentially go blind but then on top of that you know she's had to deal with you know a diagnosis of, of breast cancer so she's having to undergo treatment for the, for that now and you know and then in in addition to all that she's having to deal with um her her kids i believe one of them was not doing well and then the other one was also not not doing well very sick too so it really kind of put a lot of things really into perspective for for me just to you know just how to really appreciate life every every every, uh, every day and just being being healthy and just just appreciating the health that you have um, because when i see people in that position and going through through that that struggle it just really makes me, you know, appreciate what what I have. Of course, yeah, I completely understand what you mean by that. So, how about maybe anything that might have, like, um, because I'm interesting about techniques. Maybe could you elaborate on some key techniques that you might do on a day to day basis as an internal medicine resident? Yeah, you know, on internal medicine resident, you're constantly trying to perfect your getting skilled in different procedures and things like like that. Um, of course, everybody has their own different comfort level. But on, you know, on, on average, you know, you could be expected to do um, paracentesis, you know, you have you deal with a lot of cirrhosis. And, you know, a lot of that fluid that builds up around the ab abdomen, you know, you have to get that fluid and submit it for analysis and be sure that it's not infect infectious or anything like that. Um, so paracentesis, you know, you start to get comfortable with um, also, you know, if you're in the ICU, you know, you start to kind of get comfortable with um, central lines and, and uh, of course, IV placements with ultrasound machines and things like that. Um, more clinic based, uh, you, you know, start to get comfortable with um, knee injections and, and shoulder injections um, or tapping knees if, it's, if you're suspecting like gout or something like that. Um, so they're, they're all sort of procedures typically involve needles <laughs> that you do get comfortable with. Of course, of course, you know, suture, you know, your basic suturing skills, you, you start to develop those. Um, not, of course, you're not going to be like a surgeon or by any means, but, you know, you would definitely want basic suturing skills in case somebody comes in, whether it's, you know, you're like on an ER ro rotation or in the clinic and somebody, let's say, cuts their arm, you know, you want to be able to at least stitch that back together with, you know, good, simple tech techniques. So would you say maybe if someone's trying to pursue internal medicine, what type of like characteristics or traits must that person have? Yeah, you know, you definitely have you definitely have to be a curious person because a lot of it is, um, you know, some people come in and sometimes you have no idea what's what's going on. So you have to be a curious person, always wanting to read about, you know, different conditions, you know, obviously, you know, in medicine, we like to say um, common things are common. So you think about, of course, the more common conditions first before you think about what we call the zebras, which are like the more, the rare, uh, you know, not really heard of things. Um, but you have to be curious um, because curiosity is kind of, that interest is what keeps you going. Um, you have to really be a critical thinker for sure um, because again, you know, you have to pay attention to de detail and, and, you know, sometimes some of the slightest uh, information in the history can really alter what 
you know, your, your differential diagnoses might be, and then ultimately what your diagnosis might, might be. So, you know, you always just have to stay fresh on your knowledge and always read, you know, it's, it's like I say, medicine is, is a very, is, you know, you're a student for life, you know, right. You're a life, a lifelong learner. And that's very true because even though you go through medical school, I mean, everybody forgets things. And so you're always, you know, re re reading and refreshing yourself. So definitely being a curious person, you know, being a lifelong learner, you know, always reading and trying to stay fresh and curious is, I'll definitely say what, uh, you definitely need to, to be in internal yeah. medicine. Yeah. You know, I would also say that you have to also learn how to be adaptable um, whenever you're on the floors or in the, in the hospital, you know, situations can change in an instant, especially with some of your, your uh, patients. So you have to really learn how to adapt pretty, pretty quickly to situations that may, may evolve. Okay. So yeah, that sounds Again, solid advice. Thank you for sharing that. So could you maybe go into some misconceptions that people might have about internal medicine? Hmm. I would say, I would say, you know, um, I, you know, to be honest, it's, I, I think a lot of the misconceptions comes, come from uh, what you see like in like the, you know, on TV. Quite <laughs> <To be laughs> honest. I think that, um, sometimes I think just in general with with medicine, um, sometimes people think that you know, you know, whenever they say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. So some sometimes somebody comes in, they might present with something that you know, it, in one way might obviously look at like this di- diagnosis. Let's say I don't know a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you go on down the line, you say, oh, well, it wasn't that. It was this other completely different thing, you know, but then you look back and you say, oh, okay, I see how it could have been that too. But but um, but the more common presentation led me to go with this di- diagnosis. Um, I think that sometimes there is a misconception that, you know, just because you didn't get it right the first time or, you know, the first two two days, you know, that somehow like you were wrong or something, but that's not not the case. You know, I always like to get patients to understand that um, medicine is a very fluid situation. Right, <laughs> you know, right. so things are always changing when you, when you're coming in and lab results come back. Things are always changing and and plan treatment plans are always changing based off of the the data that we get and the information that we get from from the patient. So. So with that being said, you know, it's not always as easy as coming in, this is the diagnosis, this, the, the, this is the, the treatment and you're, right. in, and you're out, right? It's not always quite that simple. Right. And some, sometimes it can become a little bit convoluted in, in that way. So just having to understand that medicine is always very fluid always and always changing, always evolving, I'll say is a misconception that sometimes the I'll say general public don't quite um, grasp all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there are just sometimes when when we just do not have a have an answer and sometimes that can be very surprising for for patients when we can honestly tell them that we don't know what happened or we don't know what's necessarily going on but we know that something is happening we just don't know what it is um so you know we in medicine there you will not always be satisfied with having an answer for everything right so So basically don't trust those tv shows then (laughs) Uh, I mean, some of it is, I mean, some of it is, is accurate. Some of it is not always accurate, but you know, I know, I know they, they, they try their, their best on their shows to make it as, as accurate as possible. Right. (laughs) Okay. So my next question is, 
do you see anything changing in internal medicine and in maybe the next couple of years, maybe 10 or more in terms of maybe technology or, or anything? Yeah, um, I think one thing I can say now that has changed a lot, even with the pandemic, is um, a more kind of a, a more accessibility doing telemedicine um, where you can, you know, talk to patients through a video call. Um, so I feel like that's something that really exploded in the past year and that will be more implemented kind of going forward. Um, I, I have seen a lot of benefit to, to using that. There are some patients that just can't make it into the office, you know, whether it be, you know, because they're stuck at home, they're bed bound, they're wheelchair bound, they don't have trans transportation. And sometimes, you know, all they may need is a refill on their prescriptions. Well, you know, if I can do a, a, a video call and just, you know, you know, see you that way, and that way we can get your medications for you. Um, so I think there are advantages to be able to be able, being able to have that as a as an option. Yeah, de definitely. Telemedicine has definitely exploded, and like I said, it has you know it has its good it has its good um, uses for certain situations. Of course, not all situations because you know you still need to be seen in person for a lot of different things. But like like he said, just said you know a lot of just the simple easy follow up stuff can easily be done over telemedicine. So I definitely see that being implemented a lot more moving forward especially now that everybody is more comfortable with zooming or whatever <laughs> you zoom microsoft teams or whatever you use but uh, you know just video conferencing in general i think as this has forced everybody to really kind of update their technology skills for sure so one thing that i'm personally curious about is did covid really really impact like internal medicine as a whole? Because I know you just explained that it changed in like Zoom and telemedicine and everything, but how big of an impact did it really have just to put into more of a perspective for our listeners? Yeah, you know, COVID, so, you know, since, so for internal medicine, you know, we're typically the doctors that you, you know, when you get admitted to a hospital, there's mm -hmm. typically going to be an internal medicine team, unless you're an you're a, a internist that, of course, works in a, in an outpatient clinic doing prime primary care. That's kind of like the other side, side of it. Um, but yeah, for internal medicine, you know, you know, we were definitely ha heavily impacted for sure, because you know, we went from taking in a lot of patients with multiple conditions to literally it just became all COVID. <laughs> and so um, from there, you know, it was, it became almost like one dimensional in, in a way, because like as COVID is right for the, you know, for that, that heavy, heavy time, especially early in 2020 was like all that you saw. Right. Um, so yeah, so those times are definitely really tough um, because, but you know, we were, we were getting hit uh, pretty hard. Um, you know, our, our patient uh, lists were always full. Our teams were full. Um, at that point, we were really relying on each other as like a huge, you know, re as you know, residents internists. Um, you know, we we're really relying on each other as a huge team to really, um, you know, kind of get through all of that. Um, but with that being said, you know, I think that through all of that, we, I mean, truly learned uh how a team works we truly learned the i'm gonna say the art form of of managing a team and really executing plans to the to the you know as effectively as you can for you know the best of, of your patients um so with that being said you know um 
I mean, besides kind of experiencing that, I would say not a whole lot has changed um, with in regards to how, you know, internal medicine in general is, is, is run. Um, but we definitely do expect to be uh, the front line whenever pandemics in the future come ahead. I think that if anything, we've learned, you know, for the, you know, for any potential future, you know, epidemics or pandemics, I think we've learned how to handle it better. Um, I think that we've learned, um, you know, firsthand, especially for us being early on in our training um, and experience getting that kind of experience. I think we've learned, you know, what to expect more. And, um, you know, I, and, and also I think that we've learned to not to be more prepared actually. Um, at least I hope that's what we've learned, especially as a whole, as a whole, and when it comes to infectious disease in, in America and, and you know, our, hospi our hospital systems, of, you know, I hope that we've all learned to, you know, anticipate better. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope that's the case, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what would you say is like being doctors, but not, but also influencers as well? Yeah, so so for us, you know, in uh, 2020 really is when we kind of started um, our TikTok process, right? So early on, you know, we figured, you know, in the spring, everybody's at home. Everybody is is, you know, for us, it was it was literally just going to work, coming, coming home, home, going to work, <laughs> and coming home. And, and that mundane process, we were like, gosh, man, is, you know, everything is locked down. Is there anything that we can do? And at that time, there was, you know, this TikTok thing that was like all out there. And so we were like, yeah, let's get on TikTok. Let's have some fun. Let's let's show people that, you know, hey, you know, we're twins, we're doctors, but we're having fun too. We're medical per, per professionals, but we we know we're having fun. We can provide, we thought we could provide value and valuable information in creative ways and and inspire people. Um so since then we started, we started technically in June of 2020. And since then, literally, I mean, we just grown. We've gotten such a huge following, almost to the tune of two million here soon, um, and it's it's really been an amazing experience. People that have really followed us, that actually truly support us and support everything that we're doing, and you know, and, and you know, you do get people that troll you, that leave you know negative, nasty comments for whatever reason that maybe they're going through something in their own life and and you know can't relate or you know don't like what they see i guess for whatever ever reason but we don't respond to trolls we always you know move past that because i mean i don't waste my energy in that that direction but we do we, people that really do truly support us it has been an amazing experience we get you know dms all the time that people that just say hey you know i'm you know pursuing medicine um you know what are what are some tips or things and you know or or you know, seeing what you guys do has really inspired me to want to pursue this field too. Because you know, you guys have a lot of fun. You guys, you know, make it so relatable. And just seeing that makes me want to do something very similar. And for us, that's very gratifying. You know, we know we're not necessarily in it for the the, the social media fame or or anything like like that. We're just being literally, you know, our genuine selves, you know, right. like in, in real life, you know, yes, we are funny. We we say funny things, we, you know, that's just literally who, who we are. And we feel like sometimes people don't get to see that side of healthcare professionals and especially physicians and and let alone physicians in training who are, you know, I mean, you're always under like high amount of stress and things. And so for us, you know, that, that was, that's just kind of our way to, 
you know, number one, ins inspire younger generations that, you know, people, you know, that especially people that might not see themselves in that role, us being African-Americans, you know, we try to show other young African-Americans that, hey, you know, we're, we're out here. We want to be yeah. visible for them to see we're out here. This is what we're, we're, we're doing. And you can do the exact same thing. You, you can, can be out exactly. here in the same field. You can right. be, you can be literally anything you want to be. And um, people have been just really responsive to, to, to that. And like I said, you know, of course it's not, it's not the fact that we have over a million followers or, or anything. It's, it's, you know, to be honest, we could, you know, it is, even if we had, hundred followers we will still be ourselves yep and um you know our messages you know to inspire people to to really just kind of make medicine relatable and in creative ways you know show people that this these are our true personalities we're not just only the doctor that, that you see in the hospital yeah. or in the clinic that's you know talking to you about hypertension diabetes no we we are real you know, real people relate. that that you know you can relate to you know we're real everyday people right <laughs> so, we know we know how to have fun we know how to have fun, you know, doing our jobs too. And, you know, we can, you know, medicine, it doesn't always have to be, you know, boring or daunting. We can have fun do doing it too. And so that's what we like to, to show people. Yep. And so from that being said, you know, like I said, people have been just really supportive of us. And that I think is, you know, and then this is people from all walks of life, really people that are in the medical per profession, people that are not people that are retired, people that are at home, people from different countries, you know, and it's, I mean, the whole experience has been very um, eye opening. That's, that's for sure. Very eye opening. And I think for us, uh, definitely just gives us other thoughts about other things that we would like to do now that we do have a platform and, and a voice um, things that, you know, we stand for, you know, we just have a lot of thoughts moving forward about, you know, other, you know, how to um, best continue to pursue, pursue essentially what we've built here. So, yeah, I think, you know, and also I feel like just the, the outreach. So I never would have imagined we would be able to have this kind of an, of an outreach to such a wide audience, pretty much all over the, the, the world. You know, every time we do, a live stream. We have people from the Philippines. We have people from South Korea. People from South Africa. People from Canada. People from all over the the U.S. And they they just tune in because they really, you know, they really like what what we say. They really enjoy the information that that we give. And so, just really being able to have the opportunity to really educate people all over the world to me is really what what makes it worth it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. I agree with you and find it very, very heartwarming how you're like you're saying you do everything possible to inspire, inform and basically show those like myself minorities that mm -hmm. it's not just your typical doctor that can be a doctor. If you set your mind to it, you will be able to reach your goals. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think some of the best comments that, that we get, though, are the ones where people say, hey, you know, I've been having like such a like a crappy day. And, you know, when I watched your video and it was like hilarious and it made me really laugh and I'm like dying laughing now, you know, how it just really changed the course of their day. So even that, you know, our, our thing is that laughter is medicine. Right. <laughs> so right. so just even even that, you know, is good enough for me, you know. I'll take a thousand of those comments any day of the week. <laughs> it really would because just know that you're really changing somebody's uh, day 
just by what you're putting out and being positive and just trying to make, you know, make somebody laugh and relatable again. It's really awesome. I feel like. Completely. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thanks too. <laughs> so my last question for you guys is for any of our listeners that are also planning to pursue internal medicine, what advice would you give them? I would give them, so this is what I would tell them is that really, so going into medicine in general, you're going to face a lot of challenges. You're going to have a lot of good days and you're going to have a lot of bad days. And, you know, the road is not going to be easy, um, you know, but can you do it? Yes. Yes, you can do it. Um, you know, we, we, we did it. Um, you just have to have a lot of de uh, de determination. You really have to persevere a lot. Um, so my overall advice would be that if this is something that you want to, to do, I definitely encourage you to pursue a career in this field. Um, but I also want you to be realistic and know that, you know, you will have a lot of good days and bad days and the road is going to, to be to be stressful. You will have a lot of exams that you have to, to take and you will have a lot of, you know, responsibility. But, you know, but I can sit here and say that I really do enjoy what I do and that the the challenges that we both have have gone through, I feel like have made it all worth you know, being able to do what we can do now and help people and, and save, save lives. So, you know, I would say you have to be realistic on your journey into this field, but at the same time, you know, have fun with it, enjoy the path. So, yeah. Yeah, same, um, you know, for anybody that's wanting to an inspiring physician, um, you know, definitely talk to your own doctor, talk to people that are in the field and, you know, start working with them early on, because I can tell you what, you know, the early experience that you get will definitely help along, along the way. Just being familiar with how a hospital is laid, is laid out. That's one thing that I learned just from volunteering, just being familiar with the hospital as a whole. Um, you know, so talking to people, whether it's family or friends or your own doctors, really getting a true understanding of what the career is like what the what your life might be what might be be like would be the best thing um because the last thing you want to do is kind of come into the field and realize oh geez you know it's not maybe it's not what i thought so you just really want to have that really good understanding from the from the start right well thank you so very much for taking the time and giving a very interesting if i may say an informative conversation with me i thank you very very much oh you're welcome absolutely Any, anytime no problem <laughs> Okay, so thank you. Very you what? Okay. <laughs>